It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we're on the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, February 26, 2015. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me. Hello, Dad. Hey, Jacob. Good to be with you. Uh, good to be with you. We're having technical trouble again. I thought we had gotten past that, but apparently not. These are some problems we haven't seen before. We're going to give it a try. We're recording nonetheless, and so we can, uh, we'll can we use that if nothing else works. Monty's behind the controls. Monty, thank you for being here tonight. Good to be here, Jacob. We might be white-knuckling it behind the controls tonight. <laughs> um, and uh, looking forward to hearing from you. Questions at collegeu.com. Email is the, uh, that's the email address to use. The chat room to the bottom of your video feed. And... The telephone line is 877-381-4567. All right, so we're going to go ahead, and if, if our if our live production is faulty, you may have to pick us up in uh, archive form. Yep. Uh, we'll have the, That's where uh, most people listen anyway, so most people won't even know there is a problem. We'll have the audio up later tonight, and uh, and we'll have the video up tomorrow uh, all, if all goes well. And uh, so, again, we're going to proceed. We've got a topic, Jake, that I think is an important one. We want to know how God provides guidance for our lives. Uh, Oftentimes uh, in prayers, especially public prayers, we hear uh, people who will pray to God, guide, guard, and direct us. Is that a fair request? Is it proper? Does God give us guidance and direction? I think the answer to that is yes. And we want to look to the Bible tonight to see how that works and see how he accomplishes that in our lives today. All right. Uh, This will be a good, important discussion. 877-381-4567. All right, so uh, as if you ha- if you are on our email update list, you have gotten an email earlier today asking you these questions. Again, get on our list if you're not. Send us a question. Uh, send us a message to questions at collegeview.com. Say add me to the list. All right. To our update list earlier today, we asked number one, what? Uh, clearly, God's primary means of directing our, our lives is through His Word, and we want to comment on how thoroughly. This guidance really is how thorough his guidance through the word is. Okay. Number two, Christians are instructed to pray for wisdom. James one verses five through seven. How would these prayers be answered? And then third, we want to comment about some possible mistakes to avoid when seeking God's guidance and wisdom for our lives. Okay. So that's sort of the way we want to go. But we want to start out, Jacob, when we're talking about God guiding our lives, we want to start out by saying that clearly the overwhelming majority of the guidance that God provides for us is in his word. And that fundamentally, I think it has to be. Otherwise, how do we know that that it is from God? If it's not, I mean, it has to be, uh, at least it has to line up with his word. And so most of our guidance would have to come from his word. I think, I, I think that's right. Um, <clears throat> in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that he has provided for us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Uh, again, Second Peter 1, verse 3, According as his divine power hath given, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So if we have all things, then we need to have that confidence that that he has provided what we need. Uh, and then, of course, other verses that talk about the thoroughness of his inspiration, like Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yeah. That's a, a pretty all-inclusive statement, that if we need to know it, if it's guidance that's necessary in our lives, it's in his word. All right. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, talking about his word. Uh, when that perfect w- word would come, when it had been fully revealed, Paul says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I'm known. So God has given us a wor- his word where we can see God as he sees us. We can know how he views us. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
we've got an incredible tool in his work. Yeah. Now, think of some practical applications of that, Jacob. For instance, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. So we're, we're commissioned to go out and teach the gospel. So I don't have to wonder if God wants me to be sharing the gospel with my neighbor, for instance, or my coworker, or my lost family member. I don't have to, I don't have to, well, I wonder if God wants me to try and convert that, that lost person. He clearly does. I, I don't. I don't need any more guidance about that. I know that he wants me to be trying to reach the lost gospel message. So there's the guidance. Uh, I don't need to keep looking for guidance about that. That's already been given. Or think of a negative command. Um, Ephesians four, beginning verse twenty-five. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hand the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Well, there's some straightforward instruction. So um, we're coming into tax season, Jacob, and yeah. we're going to have to be filing our taxes. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if if God really wants me to be honest about how I fill out my tax forms. Right. No, I don't have to wonder about that. I don't have to seek his guidance as to, as to how I should proceed in filling out my tax forms. I already know from his word he wants me to tell the truth. He wants to be, me to be honest. And, and so... I don't need any more guidance about that. And I, those are just a couple of simple examples. But my point is, uh, you know, we don't need to be fretting and worrying and uh, pondering over whether or not we should do this or not. When the Bible already says so, that's a done deal. So you're saying don't overlook the obvious here, in right. other words. We've got obvious guidance. Use it. Yeah. Dan in the chat room says that his guidance, the word, is something that we should accept as a final word. Okay, so that's a, a final word. Yeah, it's 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 set. It's it's done. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Jude verse three is an important verse that 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 speaks about the fact that the God's message to mankind is is a finished proposition. Um, in Jude verse three, Jude says, "Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints." The word once there in, in newer translations is once for all. In other words, a finished proposition. I don't have to be looking to see if God's going to change his mind about something. You know, uh, maybe, maybe he's going to change his mind and it's going to be okay for me to have three wives instead of just one or something. I don't have to wonder about those things. It's a finished proposition. It's a finished revelation and God has given me his guidance in, in so many matters, uh, in the Bible. That I just need to look to it. I need to. I need to study it. I need to learn it. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeu dot com. And so we want to um, we want to hear your comments on that. You know, let's say God was providing guidance. Let's say He was sending angels to whisper in your ear about what you should do. If He was doing that, it would still have to line up with what the Word says. Yeah. Galatians chapter one. Uh, verse 8, but if even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what you have, we have preached to you, let him be accursed. So it's if, if God is going to send us a, any kind of guidance. If he did. If he did, it's going to have to be through, it's going to have to be in accordance with his So word. if an angel came and told me, you don't have to honestly fill out those tax forms. Don't worry about it. In yeah. fact, put a zero there where it ought to say 2,000. Yeah. I'd have to tell that angel, be accursed, because God's word told me to be honest. And you've talked with people who've claimed that that God has sent them messages that were contrary to his word. Yeah, and and it can't be. It, 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 those those messages can't be from God, because God is not going to contradict himself. God, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, what is it, verse 34, says God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that's uh, verse 33, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty-three. God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to tell me one thing now and change that tomorrow. He's not, or he's not going to tell me one thing and tell you something different. God is not going to produce confusion like that. All right. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Arthur in the chat room has uh, submitted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God. For our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And so God has given us this word, Monty, that we live by for our good. 
And so if God's not, we haven't answered the question yet, how God's guard, guiding, and directing us completely. But if he was doing nothing other than his word, we ought to be thankful for that and realize that God's given us a great tool here. Yeah, God's given us everything we need. We don't need anything else. Uh, if he was having, <clears throat> excuse me, if he was having to do ongoing revelation for us, like you said, it would be confusing. We wouldn't know for sure what to do. We'd be constantly waiting on something else to be told to us. But he's given us in the Bible principles to live by that are applicable to every situation that we might be in in our life. It may not be a detailed, at, at this point, turn right or whatever like that, but he's given us a principle, and if we'll apply, learn the principles, and then we can apply them to our life, and we don't have to be confused really about anything. I All think right. you're right. Let us know your thoughts. I'd like to hear from you in the chat room over the phone tonight. Again, and the Monty cam is looking good, Monty. Thank you for using it. Does it look like our stream is working uh, you know, okay? It's a little spotty here, but it's coming through. So maybe. Okay. It, uh, we'll All see. right. So you all in the chat room might give us a little more feedback on how you're getting the getting the audio and the <coughs> video, and we'll try to keep going here. Um, but that's the first point that we ask in, in to our update list today. We ask the question: Comment on how thorough God's guidance is in the Word. Well, it's really in in regards to what we need to know. It's all there. There's nothing that we need to know that's not in the in God's word in order to be pleasing to Him. That's right. So, and now there might be some things I'd like to know. You know, uh, we've talked about some of those sort of unanswered questions in the Bible. Uh, I, I don't think we can say. Well, I'm probably opening a different can of worms here. But for instance, uh, I, how did all the apostles die? For instance, we don't know for sure how they all died. Uh, we got some historical references, but we don't know the details of how each one of them died. Yeah. Well, I'd like to know that. Okay. Well, but I don't need to know that. You know, that, that's not essential f- to me to live my life the way God wants me to live. And you yeah. can think of you can think of a ton of other questions like that. But yeah. in regards to the things we need to know, everything we need to know is in the Bible. Well, there are a lot of people who uh, Monty, as a friend of mine says, uh, get wrapped around the axle. On those things that uh, that God hasn't revealed, and they, they get all puzzled and confused, and that really that their faith gets shipwrecked over things that they don't need to. I mean, God hadn't revealed them to them; they need to leave it where it is. You know, there's a sufficient amount of stuff in the Bible for me to wrap, try to wrap my mind around and understand, so that I can accurately teach it to other people. That I, these other things that's not there. I don't have enough mind to absorb all them, too. So okay. I just need to focus. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the revealed things belong to us and that the secret things belong to God. What is not revealed belongs to God. It's not mine to know. I don't need to know it or he would have told me. And so if, if I'll just focus my life in studying and learning what he's given me, I'll have a full-time job if I live to be 200. Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. Now, we, we've kind of hinted at something that that I want us to investigate now. The second question is: Christians are instructed to pray for wisdom in James chapter one verses five through seven. How would the prayers for wisdom be answered? Why don't we take a break? Now, yeah, let's take a break because our first point is everything we need to know is in the, in the Word of God. How do we apply what we know? And I think that's the concept of wisdom, and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. All right, so maybe God doesn't need to give us any more knowledge. He just needs to give us more wisdom on how to apply that. Yeah, and I think that's uh, an important part of this discussion. Well, yeah, let us know what you think about that. 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. There's more of the Virtual Bible Study to come after these important messages. Stay tuned. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd, but don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Remaining calm in adversity is a sign of great spiritual strength. No matter what's going on in your life today, stay calm. What you do in front of people is nothing if you are not living the same life at home behind closed doors. Don't ever apologize for your values and standards. Man, wish I'd said that. 
Now that you've had your break, it's back to the program. And we're back on the program, running about 20 minutes late on the program tonight with due to some technical problems, and I think we're still getting out. If you have any glitches and if anything drops off, let us know, and we'd like to know about that sooner than later. We're talking about uh, God and how he directs us in our lives today, and we've talked about the Word. And the first point uh, in the discussion today is don't overlook the obvious. We have God's revealed Word, and it is everything we need uh, in order to be pleasing to him. And so don't discount that, whatever you do. Exactly right. Now, the the big challenge for us all, and Monty was talking along this line earlier, the big challenge for us all is not not necessarily knowing what we're supposed to do, but how to do it. No, we're putting into practice what we know the Bible teaches us to do. We should apply ourselves. There's a lot to learn in the Scriptures, and we need to study it diligently. But having learned it, then we've got to put it into practical application in our lives. And I think that's what uh, we're encouraged to pray about. And God would answer those prayers. Before we go any farther, let, let, uh, let me get let me get you clear where you are here on this. Are you saying that we don't need anything else that we can't find in his word as far as knowledge goes? I think that's right. I, Absolutely. I, okay. All right. Absolutely. But now putting that knowledge into practical application is another matter. Okay. Right. Uh, so we're going to talk about praying for wisdom. We're going to go to James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7 first. But before we talk about praying for wisdom, let's just talk about prayer itself. God, we have a powerful tool in prayer, and God has promised to answer our prayers. First um, Peter 3, verse 12, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So we've got a great privilege in prayer, okay. uh, and God says he will hear our prayers. First mm-hmm. uh, John 5, beginning verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, and, and, we know that, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so, again, just great comfort to know that if we are seeking to serve God faithfully according to his word, he hears our prayers. Now, not that not everybody has that privilege, obviously, but for those who are faithfully trying to serve the Lord, that's a great promise, and uh, for sure. And Daniel in the chat room is on the same wavelength as you. He's referenced both of those passages: First Peter five, or First John five fourteen and fifteen, and First Peter three verse twelve. Those that are saved should have great feelings of joy, knowing that God hears. God's ears are opened to those who are saved. So thank you, Daniel, for that. All right. Now, let's... Daniel goes on and says, we should ask for wisdom in our prayers. He says wisdom is the application of knowledge. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, go, let's go to that verse then. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Notice especially, we're told to ask for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And then notice, it doesn't say it might be provided or maybe. It says it will be. It shall be given him. Now, Jay, I think a good working definition of wisdom is to apply what we know. Okay. You know, for instance... You might know how an internal combustion engine works. Yes. You might know it, but you might not be a really good mechanic at all in in regards to taking that knowledge and putting it in an application and fixing an engine that's not running right. Right. So there's a difference between book learning, as yeah. we sometimes say, yeah. and putting it into practice. And I think wisdom is the putting it into practice. Okay. And you can't put into practice what you don't know. You've got to yeah. know it first. So yeah. we're not diminishing the importance of knowing. Yeah. But then to put it into practice is the challenge. And you uh, sort of, we sort of see that in everyday life. Someone is innovative with uh, some type of something something's already known, but they, they apply it in a way that, you know, wow, that's incredible, right? But why didn't I think of that, right? Uh, that, that's obvious now that this guy's done it. He's, he's applied what we already knew in a way that is as advantageous. Okay. Right. And and the promise is clearly there in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, that when a faithful Christian asks for wisdom, God will give it. Uh, in fact, it warns us if you don't think so, if you can't ask in faith, then don't ask at all. You've got to believe that he answers prayers, and he'll answer that prayer uh, for wisdom. Now, how, the, the big question now, now is where we got to go to the how. All right. So how does but that, again, that's unconditional. He will grant us wisdom if we ask in faith. Okay. Yeah. First of all, let's just stress that it's not going to be by a miraculous divine revelation. 
God doesn't work that way anymore. We've talked about miracles. We've talked about inspiration before on the virtual Bible study. We've talked about God's finished work in revealing his will. So God's not going to give you a direct miraculous revelation. Um, He's just not working that way anymore, and and he has told us so. And we understand that the age of miracles has ended, and that includes the age of miraculous divine revelation. God's not working that way anymore. So he's not going to whisper something in my ear. Yeah. I'm not going to have a dream. I think that's right, and so we, we need. Uh, we're not, you might, you, you very well have dreams, dreams yeah, but he's not. Right. It's not going to be a dream from God to tell you what to do. Okay, he doesn't work that way anymore. He, he did, he did uh, throughout the ages, but he's not doing that anymore because he's given us a finished, complete revelation, as we already emphasized. And so, and that goes along with First Corinthians chapter thirteen, where there's knowledge, it shall cease. Yeah, am I correct in that application? Would you say that that yeah. uh, that's a uh, yes, I think First Corinthians 13, where it talks about the cessation of knowledge, that okay. was inspired knowledge. Okay. There's not going to be any more revelation, so to speak. Okay. All right, now, I want everybody to look at James chapter 1 again a little more carefully, and we begin to get an idea of how these prayers for wisdom might be answered. Back up a couple of verses. Uh, in James chapter 1, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If, and then he says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and it shall be given him. So in the context, there's a suggestion about how some of that wisdom might come my way through some of the things that I have to experience, maybe good things or bad things that I'm that I'm called upon to experience. The trying of my faith works patience, and and then it it will make me perfect or complete and entire, wanting nothing. So uh, let's say that uh, I'm having trouble in a relationship with uh, somebody at work, and and it's really been tough. You know, I mean, I've really been having real issues. But if, if I will apply scriptural teaching about how I'm supposed to treat others, if I if I apply a scriptural teaching about how I should maybe even treat my enemies, this, maybe this guy is a, is, has has constructed himself as a real enemy of mine. But the scripture tells me how to deal with my enemies, and if I if I if I go through that, and it's not pleasant. It's a tough experience. But if I consistently try to apply the biblical principles, then that experience of dealing with that guy makes uh, is helping me gain wisdom in that particular biblical principle. Okay. So again, some of the ways that that God will answer the prayer for wisdom is through the experiences of my life uh, and 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 as I work to apply what I know in the experiences that are presented to me uh, I gain wisdom. Not uh, yeah, that's not the only way necessarily, but it is certainly a way that God would give us wisdom. Um, and um, you know, certainly you, you can think about how you've been through things in the past, and you look now on the other side of those, you are much more. You're wise a better person. And you're wiser. able to apply the truths of God's word in ways that you couldn't. Prior and and to the that. next time that comes up, right. It's not. It's not as hard. I got that. I know what to do. Uh, I've, I've been through that before. I can yeah. handle that. Right. And, you know, right. I see how it works. Right. Okay. So that's that's a that's a measure of wisdom that has come to me, uh, it, by virtue of of, of a, a in that case a, a a terrible negative unpleasant experience. Right. right. Okay. Um, the apostle Paul used an example like that in Philippians chapter four, beginning verse ten. In Philippians four, verse ten. Paul said, uh, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notice his confidence was that Christ was working through those life experiences. I have learned, he said, in whatsoever state I am to be content. Uh, and and he, he was confident that those life experiences uh, were making him a stronger person as, as he dealt with them. Um, uh, now, Paul, of course, was a man who had inspiration, and, and we don't. But I think in that passage, he's discussing the same kind of things that we can all uh, benefit from, learning, 
as we go through experiences. All right. 877-381-4567. On the subject of prayer, Arthur in the chat room references Psalm 6618, which says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So we have to make sure that we're living as we should, so God will hear our prayers. And he also references Proverbs 28, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9 says, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayers, an abomination. So some, a couple of good passages there to remind us that uh, God is going to hear those who are sh- striving to live as they should. Yeah. You know, and, and just to sort of summarize that, we gain wisdom through life experiences, both positive and negative, that we deal with. As we deal with them, according to the truth of God's word, we gain wisdom, we gain strength. How many times have, have we all either thought or even vocally uh, acknowledged I was a better person uh, for having dealt with that. Or after that happened to me, I I was, I was a stronger individual and, and therefore that, that is a, an expression of having gained wisdom in the experience. All right. Okay. Uh, you you knew those principles before, but you hadn't applied them, and you and so now you you've got the the benefit of being able to apply those those principles. Anthony in, in Columbia agrees absolutely. Wisdom through experience and experience brought about by providence. Hmm. Okay. So that may be one way God is uh, giving us that wisdom is uh, maybe through some providential actions there and anthony I, I do think that that see i think providence ties in there in other words i don't know why that that guy on the job was so ugly to me and why i had to deal with that uh i can't say what brought that about and you know maybe god was working behind the scenes uh in, in that situation in a way the that i can't i can't tell and i could certainly couldn't claim that to anyone else I believe God does work providentially in my life, but by the very nature of providence, I can't say what it is or how he does it. And so some of those experiences that I gain strength from and wisdom may may have been brought to me uh, through God's providence. Could they be brought to you by God's providence because it was an area of your life that needed some refining? It, it may be, but all of that is in the realm of things that I can't claim because right. I don't know right. and I can't say. All right, other than the fact that we have confidence that God will give us the wisdom that we need. Anthony says, I'm not sure we have to necessarily understand how God gives us wisdom. Clearly new information is not wisdom, but insight might be considered wisdom, but we can't usually pinpoint the source of insight. And so I think that uh, goes along with some of the things we've we've said, is that uh, we, some of the ways that God gives us wisdom, we're not going to be able to understand. I think that's right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, l- let me suggest another area where we might get wisdom, praying to God for wisdom. He's going to answer that prayer. I think one of the ways that he might answer that prayer is through the help and counsel that come to me from other faithful Christians. Um, you know, Monty, for instance, uh, how many times have – we talked between ourselves about something we're dealing with to gain help and strength from one another. That's a positive benefit of being a Christian, and it helps. And it may be very well that's one of the ways God's using to instill wisdom in my life. You know, we, we've talked about lots of things on various occasions that in one or the other of us's life on what's the right way to handle it, what does God expect of us. I believe Paul talked about that in one place. <clears throat> he was talking about people taking each other to law. And he said, isn't there somebody wise among you that could settle that to help you to settle this dispute without having to take it to the courts before the heathens? And so Paul is telling us that there's people among us, if we've got a problem and we can't figure it out, I don't have to have all the answers myself. I can come to you or someone else that has the wisdom that I need, and you'll share it with me, and therefore I can gain wisdom by your wisdom. I think you're right. I think that's right. Okay. Um, and God's given us our brethren for that purpose. Yeah, and he's told us to do that sort of thing. Hebrews 3.13, exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Galatians 6, verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we're supposed to be doing that. And uh, that, that's, a very, I think, a very practical way in which God is helping us, uh, providing us with a source of wisdom in other words, helping us to put into practice what we know the Bible teaches. When you, Jacob, exhort me, when Monty exhorts me, then that's, in other words, you, you exhort me. Be honest now when you fill out your taxes. Yeah. And Monty says, be careful now. Don't, don't, be, yeah. don't be filing those taxes inaccurately. Right. Well, I already knew that. But the fact that two brothers tell me, 
you know, you got to be careful and do your taxes right. Okay. Well, there's, that's helping me put that into practice. All right. Uh, uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, we're getting running up on a break here. Um, here's one uh, along the lines of prayer. And this is uh, this comes from KB in Mississippi. Uh, he says, I've heard the term guide, guard, and direct during prayer. I believe that God does these things for his children. My question is, does God do these things when we pray for unbelievers? We often stand and ask a prayer request for believers, but would it be right for to ask God to guide, guard, and direct unbelievers? Thanks, he says. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, I think that God does give the unbeliever guidance through his word. Uh, you know, in other words, that's not just for us. That, the Bible's out there, and anybody who wants to, to benefit from the knowledge God has provided in the word – so God is giving guidance to the whole world, and that's a question of whether they're willing to submit to that. But that guidance is not is not miraculous; it's not you know uh, divine inspiration directly to those individuals. But it's a it's His finished revelation to the whole world uh, in the Word of God. So th- in that sense, God is guiding and directing. Even sinners, the problem is they haven't been willing to sub- submit to it. All right. I have a couple of verses that I think help answer the question. Luke six twenty eight: bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. So hopefully that's the unbelievers that are despitefully using you. We're told to, Jesus tells us to pray for them there. And in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says, I exhort, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So we're told to pray for all men. Um, and uh, so we can pray and for those them. are intercessions that we're making for them. In other words, I think we ought to pray that they be, you know, realize their need for God and uh, what he wants from them. The difference, though, would be they don't have the privilege of prayer that we have. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as faithful Christians, we can pray for ourselves. They can't because they're not in a relationship with God. Money. Paul said that his prayer to God and heart's desire was for Israel that it might be saved. There you go. So he was praying for sinners that they might come to an understanding of God's word, the New Testament, and accept it and believe it and, and apply it to their lives and obey it so that they could be saved. So he prayed for other people in that regard. All right, good point. All right, let's grab a break. We'll come back and continue to talk about how does God instill wisdom. Time for, for this week's bullet point. And when we get back, yeah, Anthony agrees. He says we're to pray for our enemies, for example. So good, certainly, absolutely. Uh, we're going to go get this bullet point. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. How's God leading us today? Let us know your thoughts. The best way to get in touch with us, 877-381-4567. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Don't go anywhere. You might miss something. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. Here's a challenge for you. Try to explain what love is without stating what it does. Consider that for a minute, and you will surely agree that it's nearly impossible. Husbands and wives, think back to when you were courting your mate. Feelings of love were on your mind continually, right? But what do you remember most about those days? Almost certainly you will recall quiet walks in the park, love letters in the mail, a bouquet of flowers, and so forth. You were in love, but what you remember is what you did and what was done for you. So it is with love for God. It can only be explained or identified by the action it produces. You say that you love God, but love, as we have just observed, demands that you prove it by the way you act. Jesus put it in unmistakable terms when he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, verse 15. The Apostle John stated this truth succinctly when he noted, quote, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. 1 John 5, verse 3. Consider this. Husbands and wives, would you have caught your mate if you had done as little for him or her as you sometimes do for God? In connection with this, maybe we ought to reflect more seriously about the simple question Jesus asked, quote, what do you more than others? Matthew 5, verse 47. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. God's Word has the answers. Let's get back to studying it. The virtual Bible study rolls along. We're back on the program tonight. Good to hear from Jim there up in Michigan. I appreciate him for that, and we appreciate you listening. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and we welcome your comments anytime. It's questions at collegeview.com. Jim listens to us in the archives, doesn't he? I'm yeah, sure. almost always, yeah. All right, so Jim, when you're listening to this, probably maybe tomorrow he'll be listening. Jim, yeah. thank you for that. We're glad yeah. you're out there in Michigan. Stay warm. Yeah, yeah. It's been a challenge. Um, again, we're talking about how God offers guidance uh, in our lives. 
um, he's given us all the knowledge we need in the Word, and now we're talking about how he gives us wisdom to apply that. We talked about how he might do it through experiences that we deal with, both positive and negative experiences. We talked about how other Christians, uh, faithful people, can help and counsel us, um, uh, which would get, provide us wisdom to live the way that we should. Uh, real quickly, I thought this was a good example from the life of Paul. Second Corinthians 7, beginning verse 5. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforted those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. Paul was in sort of a bad state. And the coming of Titus was, uh, he said, a comfort from God. And so, again, that's just the idea of how we get strength and encouragement, gain wisdom through other Christians who help us. Again, we could put some of that providence in there. Again, hard to, we can't point directly to it necessarily, but could our um, coming in contact with certain <coughs> believers who can help us be yeah. the result of providence from God? It appears that in Second Corinthians chapter 7, it was yeah. some providence associated with that. So certainly. Okay. All right. Now, let me offer one more area where uh, perhaps we can get some guidance from God. But I think this one, we have to be kind of careful about this. It's a little bit subjective. And I think maybe some people go a little bit overboard on this, and we have to be careful. And that is in regards to life's circumstances. Uh, um, l- let me give you an example from the Bible, and then we'll we'll talk about it. In Genesis chapter 45, you remember Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. Later, years later, he was reunited with them. They were afraid he was going to take revenge on them, uh, but he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Genesis 45, verse 7, Joseph said, God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Well, Joseph believed that God had brought those circumstances to pass so that the the family would be preserved through the terrible famine that was ongoing at that time. Uh now, we believe that that's clearly the case, and we can see that in that Genesis story. But the reason we can see it is because it's revealed to us. In our own situation, we wouldn't be able to say that with clarity. That would be providential. We believe that's providence. Just recently, we had a, a – I think you were gone. I think, Monty, you and I did a, a, a lesson on the virtual Bible study on providence. And so we definitely believe in the providence of God. The problem is you can't prove that. Uh, you can have faith in it, but if I was talking to an atheist or an unbeliever and I said, well, you've got to believe in God because here's what God did in my life, he would say, I don't, I, I don't see it. You uh, moved somewhere and it went well for you? Yeah, he would say, I, I have atheist friends who've had similar things happen to them. Yeah. You know, So uh, you, you couldn't prove this, and you can't use it as a form of proof as to God and his, and his workings. We can have faith in it because the Bible tells us that it does happen. We have to be a little bit careful about saying that circumstances came to pass by God's intervention, providential intervention. It might be and it might not be, and you just have to be a little careful about overstating your claim there, I think. Monty, your thoughts on that? Did well, you, I, I, thought you, I thought you had something there. That was no, pop- I didn't have nothing oh, special. Oh, I thought something was burning there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I had an example here, Jacob. Um, uh, here's a guy who wants to have a career in engineering. But no, want to think about but, that. <laughs> but no school, no engineering school will accept him into their program of study. Yeah. Well, uh, what should he think about that? Well, maybe he should think that's not the way he should go. But on the other hand, he's got five engineering schools who, who are offering full ride scholarships. It may still not be the right way to go. You know, and so making decisions that way are, are iffy. You know, he, so here's a guy who can't get into an engineering school. But over here is a guy who can easily get in, but it may still not be the right decision for him. It might put him in a bad circumstance that will cause him to lose his faith. So we just got to be careful about trying to decide that specific circumstances are from God. Uh, and I think some people maybe go too far in that direction. Yeah, and it, it, it is so subjective that you've 
and and it, you, if you can't even in hindsight put your finger on saying that was definitely providence, how can I in foresight say this is providence at work? Yeah, yeah. You, it's, you just can't. Yeah, and and I, I just think that uh, we lose some credibility. I, I guess that's the best way I can put it. I think we lose credibility if we overstate our case about those kind of things. I, I think Monty and Jacob, me, and probably everybody who's listening to the program can think of things in, in our lives that we believe that God had a hand in. Mm-hmm. But, and, and we have faith in that, and we can be thankful for that. But for me to take that to someone and try to to prove something to them by virtue of that is, I think, a, a big mistake because we lose credibility because it can't be proven, and 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 so let's let's make our arguments for God from the facts and from what we know and can prove to be so. <coughs> and then in this realm of providence and how God may be bringing things to pass in our lives, we believe that He does. But I think we have to be careful about staking claim to that and uh, try to argue that to others. We do have definite promises that he'll provide for us. He'll provide ways of escape for us. He'll give us wisdom. We can have those com- those promises and we can rest on those, and those are rock solid. And how he's working those, those are some of those secret things you said, Monty, that belong to God. That's right. Uh, you know, we can, when we think about it, God's given us these principles and whatever our situation arrives in in life, if we'll accept the principles that he's got given to us and apply them and use them, we can make that turn out our good and in effect god through his providence has done it because he's given us the information we needed in order to make good choices yeah right all right let's grab our last break jacob and when we come back then let's talk about some mistakes we need to avoid right. we'll uh, about how we think god may may or may not be guiding we'll us. have about uh, 17 minutes when we get back and we'll have lots of things to talk about of some mistakes about how god is guiding us uh in our lives today 877-381-4567 don't go anywhere the virtual bible study continues right after this got a question about something you've heard on the virtual bible study send your questions to questions at collegeview.com we'll be right back after this i'm wade shelton in 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. Self-professed Christians are doing little to share their faith with others, according to a new survey from Barna Group. When asked if they have a personal responsibility to share their faith with others, 73% said yes. But when this conviction is put into practice, the numbers shift downward. Only half, 52%, say that they actually did share their faith at least once within the last year. That information is via Christianity Today. The Word of God says in Matthew 28, beginning verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. See, I told you we'd be back. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back and we're going uh, here for about another 17 minutes on uh, how God is guiding us in our lives Yeah, today. if you're listening live, we were late getting started again because of technical trouble. So we're going to run a little long uh, uh, past our normal cutoff time but we'll have an hour's worth of study here when we get done lord willing all right so uh, god is guiding us through his word first and foremost and he's answering prayers for wisdom he's given us wisdom and that helps us with our lives as well so god's guiding us with with wisdom all right and there's some mistakes we okay make. so we've said this several times i just want to reiterate when we're looking for god's guidance do not be looking for something miraculous to happen for instance this is I, I don't think people always appreciate me illustrating with extremes, but I think using an extreme illustration drives the point home. I got two job offers here. I'm going to take job B if the sun rises in the west tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Well, that's that's crazy, of course. The sun's not – I mean there's no way the sun is going to rise in the west tomorrow morning. Yeah. And, and I shouldn't even – Think along those lines. There's not going to be any kind of miraculous sign come to me and helping me make this decision. Uh, now that's I, I mean I meant that to be extreme, but you know, we shouldn't expect anything. We're not going to get a small still voice whispering in our ear. We're not going to get uh, you know a, 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 as you mentioned earlier a, a revelatory dream. Right. Uh, and not, nobody's going to have a word of prophecy to uh, you should take job A. No, God's not giving that kind of yep. revelation today. So we just got to reemphasize that. That okay. kind of guidance is not happening, and we should not be expecting it. Okay. Now, secondly, um, I don't think that we should have that we should necessarily expect some kind of subjective confirmation of the decisions that we make. You know, uh, I've told this story on the virtual Bible study before. I know, but I remember studying with a fellow once and he was having a lot of trouble in his marriage and, mm-hmm. and uh he walked out of his house one day and and he he said there were two doves on the power line that came into his house from the street and while he watched one of the doves up and flew away and the other one stayed on the line and he knew that was god telling him that his wife was going to leave him and that the divorce was going to go through and and he was at peace with it because he he received this yep. sign from God. Yep. Now that's not miraculous. I mean birds flying off of a power line, that's not miraculous. But it's also not I think the way that God reveals things to us today. We some sort of sub, subjective sort of open to the interpretation. Oh, completely of. open to interpretation. Well, even even you hear people say, "Well, well, I was at peace with that decision. I know that has to be what God wants me to do because I was at peace with it. Did you remember the the recent uh, uh, episode of the virtual Bible study we did where the young woman was taking the preacher role right. uh, up in uh, just north of us here in Franklin, Tennessee? Uh, this young lady was a preaching intern, and she said she 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 knew that. She just looked for God's peace. You know, when if a door opened and she went in there and she went through that door and she felt at peace with that, right. she knew that that was God telling her that's what He wanted. And a lot of people, a lot of people do that. And, I don't, and I, I, there's just no Bible for that. I mean, even if it's not a right or wrong kind of thing, that there, there, you you can't say that that's God's leading there. I, I robbed a bank yesterday. But I'm really at peace with it. You know, I got I got fifty thousand dollars in my pocket. Yeah, You've been real peaceful I'm, right I'm now. I'm feeling real good about it. What? You, uh, uh, well, there would be no end to that. Yeah. Right? So, so no. that's a perfect. It's a subjection. It's a, a subjective thing. There. Okay. Yeah. So, so don't. You know, there's been things in my life that I've done that I had a good feeling about that I later found out was a sin. Yeah. You know, when I learned more about what God had to say about it, I found out it was a sin. So the fact that I had a clear conscience on the matter, Paul was at peace with persecuted perfect, Christians. Exactly. Right. right. And he said, "I had I've lived all good conscience before God, even when he was sinning. We might say big time sinning. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was wrong. So yeah. the fact that he was at peace with it was no sign from God that he was." Even Things that aren't right or wrong. You know, I feel really good about this business decision. I'm a piece of this is going to work out good. And it's a total flop. A total flop. You go yeah. bankrupt. Yeah. Right. No. No okay. way. All right. So don't do that either. Okay. And okay. um, I, I think I've been not clear about this statement. I want to make this statement. I've made it before, and, and I've been questioned about it by some. We should not. I. I. I I want us to be careful not to think that God has a preference about every decision I make in my life. Now, some people have not understood me on this. Now, let me see if I can explain. I think this. I understand you. I think I agree with you because I've I've had the same the same conclusion about. Uh, let's go to the idea of two jobs. Yeah. You know, one job is uh, in Atlanta, and the other is in Dallas, Texas, and and so I've got to decide between these two jobs. I don't think God necessarily cares which job I take. So long as the job I take puts me and my family in a place where I can continue to serve him faithfully and be fruitful in his service. Right? So there's good churches in Atlanta. There's good churches in, in Dallas, Texas. There's there's folks there who can help and support and strengthen me. God may be just – I mean, I don't think God has a strong preference – now, in his in his infinite wisdom, he might say, you know, Dallas would work out better than Atlanta. Right, he um, would be able to tell. He, he, but but he's 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 willing to let me make either one of those decisions, so long as I'm making my decision to the best of my ability, with my spiritual priorities all in order. Right. Now, 
if I if I was choosing to move to a place where, uh, in other words, I'm, maybe I'm not a real strong Christian, but I'm I've got a great job opportunity, but there's not another faithful Christian within a hundred miles of where I'll be living. Uh, he, he he may very well have a preference that I not take that job because I'm making that decision on the basis of wrong priorities. Yeah. I'm I'm going for the money instead of going for the spiritual well being. Yeah. And and so again, I'm just saying I don't think I mean you 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 can go to all kinds of extremes, all ends of the spectrum here, but I don't think God necessarily has a preference he might know he might know that one would be better than the other if he chooses to know you know i don't know how much he chooses to know about those kind of things he can know whatever he wants to know but he's pleased with he's given me the he's made me a free moral agent with ability to make choices and he's pleased and will bless my choices so long as i am making them to the best of my ability with him first in my life. Right. You know, God doesn't care if I have hamburger or chicken <laughs> for supper. I mean, either but, one's a good food source, provides me with the nutrition I need. But he and does. I like them both, so but, he doesn't but, care. But he might care if you get one of those, uh, you know, 16 ounce hamburgers, you know, a heart attack on a bun kind of thing. Now, he might care about that because now you're, you've lost sight of some other important principles. So he, he doesn't care if you have hamburger or chicken, but he might care. I think he would care if if you made a, a but, choice that was going to harm your body. But, yeah. but does he have to do something? Does he have to somehow reveal that to me? That I, I already know that. Right. He's so 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 yeah. So he, I mean, I think that's another failure is that we think that well, God's got to somehow tell me what I'm supposed to do in all every situation. He already has. Yeah. Apply what he's told you. Right. The cows came up and looked really happy to see me today, so that meant he want me to eat chicken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So again, I, 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 I hope that that's uh, that we're being understood in that. Uh, it's we believe that God certainly knows and has an intimate knowledge and interest in my life. Yes, I'm not denying that. Yes, so we we know that God. You know, the scripture says he he knows how many hairs are on the head, and he's providing for us in our lives. Yeah, and maybe that's providentially the way he you know, he's providing for us. But but he 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 has given me the power to make choices and he'll bless my choices in other words he i i do i do not believe that the bible teaches the idea that he has my life all mapped out and i'm just following a preset course that's calvinism that we've denied many times on the virtual bible study that's not taught in the scriptures we're not predestined individuals we have choice we got to make right choices and god will bless our choices if we make them based upon godly principles all right let us know your thoughts uh, in the chat room. Uh, we want to hear from you on the program tonight. Um, all right, we got a. Uh, here, here's another uh, thing that I ask. What do you think? What would be the comments about this error? And that is simply overlooking what is logical and rational. Um, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6, Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Paul used that expression nine times in the book of 1 Corinthians. And it's basically the gist of it is, use your common sense, man. Don't you know uh, that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? And, and nine times in the book of 1 Corinthians, in fact, nine times within three chapters, Paul used that expression, know you not? And the idea of it was, Common sense would tell you that this is so. And so God expects us to use our common sense and, and our, our logic and rationing, uh, rationality, uh, to be able to make decisions, uh, in the right way. And we, we shouldn't overlook that. Uh, it doesn't make sense, for instance, for me to go out and buy a, uh, $50,000 automobile when I don't have the money to pay for it. I don't need I don't I you know I really don't need a lot of guidance about that I just need to use my good common sense yeah. I can't afford to pay for that car yeah and so don't do it yeah because you're going to put other things at risk and so that's just common sense why why if we're wanting guidance why would we abandon the good sense that God gave us He, he gave us that right. ability to think right. and use our heads right okay yeah yeah absolutely all right uh, and then. One one thing that we got to mention is the danger of taking Bible verses out of context to try and prove what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, uh, 
I played basketball for Carmel High School in Indiana. And, of course, there's a Mount Carmel mentioned in the Bible. And one of our opposing teams found a prophecy in the Old Testament about something bad that was going to happen to Mount Carmel or at Mount Carmel. And, and of course, they they jokingly pretended that that was a prophecy against us, that we were going to lose the big game. Uh-huh. Well, Did that, you lose? I don't even remember. Oh, okay. I don't think so, actually. Oh, okay. But the the idea of it is, you know, if you want to, if you want to take a Bible phrase or expression out of its context, you can you can prove almost anything you want to prove, and we got to be careful about that. Don't 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 be going to the Bible, twisting Scripture <coughs> to to come to a conclusion that you want. Again, that's a, that's that subjective thing here, where I've got I've got some kind of I think I've got some kind of urging in one direction, <coughs> and so well that must be true. So then I'll take a Bible passage and twist it so that it harmonizes with my subjective. Yeah, so. you know, uh, Arthur in the chat room mentions, does God care who wins the ball game? I really don't think he does. You know, it's it's always amazing to me after the ball game over, they they interview the star players and and they thank God for the win, as though God cared who won the football game or who won the basketball. Game. Or well, the one that kills me is there's a boxing match and this guy has just beat his opponent bloody, and afterward he gives God the glory, like God <laughs> God was helping him beat that guy senseless. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. And, uh, okay, go ahead. And then finally, I, I suggested uh, uh, in our email update, in regards to God's guidance, one of the things that we need to be careful about is expecting that everything is going to come up roses, that it's all going to be perfect and ideal. You know, and, and that if it's not, you know, if, if things are not coming up good for me, maybe God, maybe God's not happy with me, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. been a common idea throughout time, really. Yeah, expecting that God's just going to make our lives perfect, and he has not promised us that. In fact, he's promised us the opposite. Notice what the Apostle Paul said, Second Corinthians 4, beginning verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul said, well, you know, you can't measure things by outward outcomes, by physical or, or this worldly outcomes. That doesn't always tell the tale. And Jesus, in fact, said in John 15, beginning verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I have said to you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So Jesus said, don't be expecting everything to be perfect. It wasn't perfect for him. Money. You know, as you think about it, not all of them, the vast majority of the people that in the Bible we read about that are great men of God, they were great servants of God, had persecution and difficulties in their life. And the Bible tells us about those things. I don't, right off the top of my head, I can't think of any of them that didn't have some major difficulties in their life. So that would tell us that everything's not going to come up roses. And I mean, even Jesus, who was a perfect man, was done the, everything right and was crucified for it. So Things aren't always going to be great, but that's one of the things, like we were talking about wisdom. We're going to gain wisdom by these difficult times that come and the way we handle them. Maybe we'll learn from our mistakes. We can learn from the mistakes of others, but everything's not always going to be great. I think you're right. Well, we need to to summarize. We do believe God God is guard, guiding, and directing us. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. He's doing it through his word. The vast, uh, well, in fact, everything that we need to know is in the word. And so the answers. All the to, knowledge we need. All the knowledge is there. And the answers to every question that, that we need the answer to is in, in the word of God. But we do need wisdom in order to apply that knowledge. And, and, and we're told to pray for it. And unconditionally he'll give it to us. And he said he'd give it to us. We talked about some of the ways he might do it. Through life experiences that we deal with. Th- certainly through the help and counsel of fellow Christians. Uh, sometimes perhaps by circumstances that uh, he may put us in circumstances, but that's providence. That's in the realm of providence that we can't really put our finger on and identify with certainty. So we have to be pretty careful about making a claim there. We can, we can, we can have some confidence that God does work providentially and we definitely believe that he does. But in regards to identifying providence by its very nature, you, you can't. And so we have to be careful there. All right. 
and um, and then some things that we need to avoid. We've got to avoid that subjective uh, that subjective reasoning and, and yeah. looking for things that uh, as sort of signs. Yeah, and certainly no no miraculous answer to prayer. The guy's not working miracles in the world today, giving direct revelation. <laughs> All right. Well, good discussion tonight. If you have questions about what we've said, if you have comments. Or if you'd like us to clarify some things, we would encourage you to contact us, questions at collegeview.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use on that. And I think we made it through. We made it through. Yeah, and I still don't know why we're having these technical issues, Jacob. It's very troubling. Yeah, we'll get through them. Uh, Monty, thank you for joining us on the program tonight. Thank you, Jacob. And, Dad, thank thank you. Thanks, Jacob. And we appreciate you for joining us. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.